0: Hello F1 fans and welcome to F1 on and off the track with Kim Ilman. You can see his photos at ProStarPix.com, read his latest F1 blog at KimIllman.com or follow him on Instagram at Kim Ilman. My name is Adrian and in this episode we're talking a bit about Canada and what it's like to shoot F1. Have you been to
1: Canada before Kim? Yeah, I was there in 2017 and uh, really liked it. Great city. Obviously uh, English speaking and French speaking. The track itself is on an island and it was a lovely short bus ride away for us media. We just pop down to a certain hotel and we get shuttled out to the the paddock. It was fantastic. Uh, They've got the Wall of Champions, which leads on to the main straight for memory and is a frightening wall because they come very close to it at a fair speed and it's claimed its fair share of champions over the years. You can also shoot from uh, outside the track. Through trees And uh, I love that sort of challenge It's difficult And there's mm. some great guys in F1 In the photography world Someone like Clive Mason Just loves the trees And he'll always pull out a perler At least one or two shots um, So I, I go up there and tend to have a crack at that But yeah, it's, it's a good race It's uh, got the beautiful um, hairpin Where Robert Kubica had a horror crash there many years mm. ago um, But good access And yeah, I, I like the place well, let's talk about what it's like to
0: shoot F1. You have a lot of questions on your Instagram and about what it's like to shoot F1. And not just
1: from really good photographers. A lot of people just with a standard camera ask lots of questions. So, uh, yeah, I think we can probably share a few tips with them. Yeah, definitely. So the first
0: question I've got then is
1: what kit do you take to F1? I take two 1DX Mark IIs, which are the pro bodies from Canon, uh, fast shooting speed of 12 to 14 frames a second, which you need to shoot um f one and, and get and get a great series of pictures and then I take a series of lenses I'll start with a 16 to 35 a 50 mil fixed a 135 fixed 70 to 200 600 uh, a 1.4 times converter and a couple of races I'll take a 14 mil fixed and perhaps a 300 but uh, the beauty of actually being a Canon shooter and a Nikon shooter is the fact that uh, at most races, and I think there's only two that can and aren't at during the year, you can just go up to their, um, they have a, a couple of guys cleaning sensors mm. and uh, providing equipment. So if you have any dramas, they'll come and have a look at your camera for you. They'll clean your sensors, plus you can borrow lenses. And that is a great thing to have to not cart a 400 or 500 around because you want a particular shot. Just go and borrow it for a day.
0: That's a real smart idea. So that's like half
1: a dozen lenses you have. Is it heavy to carry all this gear around? Yeah. yeah uh, typically when I'm Out on track in a session, I'll take a a 600 on a camera body and I'll take a 70 to 200 on a camera body. And then in my little um, shoulder bag, I will take a a 16 to 35 and
0: a 50. Does it take a lot of time? Because obviously there's shots you need to get really quickly. Does it take a lot of time
1: to switch lenses over? Or? Yeah, it does. And it's interesting you asked that because it's always a bane where I'll, I'll get out there and we're carrying a lot of kit. Mm. So I'll get out to a spot and I'll put it all down and then I think, right, well, I've got to take that camera uh, and use that lens. And that does take some time because you're faffing around, you've got straps on some that you have to take off, you have to put caps on the other ones. Uh, so it can take sometimes a minute and a half to, to get yourself ready. But thereafter, you just shoot with just one camera. I typically don't have another camera on my shoulders. I don't have a bag on my shoulders. Everything goes on the ground, and I just shoot with one camera until I realise I need the other one.
0: So with all your gear on the ground and that kind of stuff, then
1: how's the wear and tear on it? Oh, savage, <laughs> because you've got uh, a camera body that's metal, black painted metal, and you're putting that down on tarmac often. Sometimes, and two races ago, I dropped a camera body twice. It came off Ooh. my 70-200 uh, to 200 lens while I'm walking along but I should pick it up put it back on and thankfully <laughs> no damage but it is certainly one of the the worst uh, sports I think to be doing for wear and tear on kit and certainly um, the pros like uh, Getty Images guys will say that it's really savage on your equipment well let's look more external to what you shoot
0: what do you look for in composing your shots for F1
1: well when I first started I just thought I'll well, just take a picture of the car at 3200th of a second and make it sharp mm. but I've since come to realize that uh, that's probably what everybody does when they start, and that's the easiest shot to take, so that's why you start with that. Mm. But t- today, I look for backgrounds. It's okay. been drummed into me over the last two and a half years. You have to be conscious of your background. And I-, I like to find backgrounds that depict the race that we're at. So Monaco, you've got the tunnel. You've got the wide-angle stuff with all the boats. Because if you just have a, a reasonably tight shot of a car on a track, it could be taken anywhere. It has no personality. So, uh, yeah, I will look for differentiating features of a track. Um, when you come up to, say, La like Castellet in France, you've got all those red and blue lines on the ground. We work that into the shot. So you would shoot a little bit wider, typically for that sort of thing. Um Foregrounds as well Mm. Uh, And I really probably didn't realise that until Mexico When I was uh, walking in the stadium there at one stage And I thought, oh, there's a whole lot of people standing in front of me Then there's the fence and then there's the cars If I stand up on this table, which I was able to do I can get the people in the bottom section of the photo And the car just sitting on their heads as it drives past And using a slow shutter speed, which also... Um, ramps up the difficulty factor (laughs) because you've got to pan at the same speed as that car to get the car sharp Mm. you get this lovely blur of people in the foreground and the car sharp so uh, yeah I I tend to uh, now look for those trickier shots and and, and particularly the other day too in Monaco when I was down on my knees shooting from the lowest gap in the armco very uncomfortable, hard shot to get but uh, well worth it when when you nail it so
0: you do shoot through the Armco then?
1: Yeah, and I love that. Once again, that's another, um, it's another opportunity to put something in the foreground and you get this framing top and bottom uh, and it looks nice and ideally you want the Armco on your side to be in shadow because it's darker. And I remember this uh, struck home to me when I was shooting in 2017, the end of the Budapest race in Hungary. I was on the outside of the track on the main straight, and there was shadow from the grandstand, and I could shoot through these uh, oval holes in the armco, and I thought, this is a beautiful picture. Now, it wouldn't have been a great picture if the back of the armco was lit because it would have been too distracting to the viewer. But when it's black, it's uh, a great contrast. You
0: also mentioned having to pan with the cars for the high-speed shots. Mm-hmm. Or the
1: slow shutter speed shots of a high-speed car. Yeah. Does that take a lot of time and experience and practice to get well? Yeah, I have a friend called Andy Hone, who's an exceptional photographer, and I always say to Andy, oh, I struggled with that, and he said, just keep doing it, just get into the rhythm, you get into the rhythm, and he's right. Once you learn what the car does at that particular point, let's say you spend 10 minutes there, and Typically, you've got 20 cars and they're perhaps going around uh, 15 per minute, say. That, that's a lot of panning. And you work out that the car slows at that point or it speeds up at that point or perhaps it's uh, reasonably the same all the way through. So once you learn what the cars do, you get a whole lot better at it. It's just it all gets back to practice and understanding what the car is doing and making sure that you're mirroring that speed with your pan. So it kind of changes depending on where you are because the cars will move differently. Yeah, and uh, certainly when you're right up against the fence, like in Monaco at the Exeter swimming pool, if you're panning with a car with a wide-angle lens, you're lucky to get the helmet in shot because the back of the car and the front of the car will be out of focus and all blurred because of the lens you're using. However, if you're using a 400mm lens, and I'll uh, the example I, I like there is in Melbourne, what uh, well, it must be about turn, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve around there. they they go behind the grandstand, I and mean, you're using a long lens. so the whole car is sharp. If you've got the driver's head sharp, you've got the whole car sharp, okay. and then you just pan with that. but that's that's you've got a three or four degree field of view from a long lens like that. So that is a much trickier shot for me. Um, look, like I think for all photographers. How do you get around the track then at these F one races? Okay, so let's take a look at last race, Monaco, all by foot. There is no shuttle bus. Somewhere like Le Castellet in France, they have uh, a shuttle that goes outside and inside, so you can get from north end of the track to the south end in a few minutes, whereas if you're to do that in Monaco, it's going to take you 20 minutes to walk, and it's not even as, as far as, say, uh, the French Grand Prix. Um, the beauty of doing the grid is that often... It might be tricky to get to a certain point, say, at turn one of a particular track. But when you work at the grid, sometimes we can walk up there on the track. Sometimes we walk just off the track. Uh, But, yes, there are a variety of shots to be had. Some tracks were allowed to go up in the grandstand. Like in Canada, we can Mm -hmm. gain access. We can get out of the moat. They call the moat the, the area between the side of the track and the fence that keeps the public out. That's called a moat, Mm -hmm. as in a castle. So sometimes we can easily get out of the moat and get out into the general admission areas, which means you can go to the back of a stand and you can feature the spectators Mm. in it. Others, it's almost impossible. So we're pretty much confined to the moat.
0: F1 On and Off the Track is presented by Prostarpix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. Head to Prostarpix.com at the end of this podcast. Well, that works well into my next question. Where can you shoot
1: throughout the four-day event? Right. Uh, If you are a permanently accredited photographer like me, in other words, I get a badge and at the start of the year I can go to any race. I don't have to uh, apply online. I just have rights to go to Mm -hmm. any race and don't have to advise them if I'm turning up or not. Uh, That allows me to go anywhere uh, that's not a red zone. A red zone is a danger zone. So there'll be certain areas... uh, uh, marked around the track, which you can't stand in uh, Mm -hmm. because if a car comes off, you're probably going to get hurt. We can uh, – I I get grid access on race day and only accredited photographers with a permanent pass get that plus I think there's four extras uh, assigned to non-permanent pass Mm -hmm. holders. When we talk about the pits – uh, there are FP1, 2, and 3 pit tabards available, and permanent photographers get to pick a session, and we'll always get one. Okay. And then there are certain tabards made uh, available to non-permanent photographers, those who are accredited race by race. But come race day and qualifying, there's only a handful of guys and girls allowed to get a, a tabard, and they are the uh, main photographers from the main groups. So that's a very select group, and uh, I think you have to be (laughs) pretty lucky to score one of those. And, look, I'm not even sure whether uh, photographing from the pits during the race is that exciting because, really, there's a whole lot of nothing Mm. until the pit stops when it goes berserk for, I don't know, three, four laps, and then there's a whole lot more of nothing until someone limps in with a a puncture or some sort of episode there. So, yeah, that, 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 I imagine, can be quite boring, but with some... Great opportunities mm. in, um, in certain times.
0: What about earlier in the week on Thursdays? Given that there's no cars
1: on the track, what are you shooting then? People. Lots of people. Mm. Okay. Um, drivers being interviewed in different situations. Drivers doing seat fittings, track walks. You get to see them out on the track. Not all the drivers do track walks. Um, certainly Lewis doesn't. Valtteri doesn't. Daniel Ricciardo does not. Both Ferrari boys do. Max doesn't, Pierre does, and then most of the lower ones do. So that's a good opportunity to not only get photographs with them, but if you want to have a chat with them, it's reasonably relaxed. And sometimes around the back of the track there's no spectators around, there's no one else around, uh, certainly no photographers. So you can, if you need to, have a chat with them. And I've done that a couple of times, and it's great. Because you wouldn't certainly... Approach a driver in the paddock If there's 30 photographers waiting for a shot And you mm. just want to walk up and ask him a question They'll just be saying, get out of the way, get out of the way Because <laughs> I understand that they, they want a shot And they don't want me in their shot mm. And I don't want them in my shot Do photographers have assistants at events? A couple have taken an assistant But typically they're fellow shooters um, No, it'd be nice if you had a, a person to carry around your kit Oh boy, would that be lovely I think it's such an expensive sport to, to get people to and from that uh, that would be a, a tremendous luxury. Are a lot of the accredited, permanent accredited
0: photographers individuals like yourself or are they part of uh, media?
1: Yeah, companies? There are a few who are freelance like me and the majority uh, work for or with a group of people. So uh, there might be two or three guys that band together and make that agency when they've got their own clients and they share photos. There'll be others like Getty and LAT that employ staff to come out and shoot, and and those photographers shoot for that particular entity. So technically they don't even own their own images they shoot because they're being paid to Mm. hand over those images to the uh, person paying them. And then there are race-by-race race photographers who might be from the local newspaper mm. or from the local um, motoring magazine in that particular country of that event. So they will come along and shoot their own particular um, style of photography for their magazine. The interesting thing, though, is that uh, because they only go to one event a year, maybe maybe they've never been to one, this is their first event, they're very green and okay. uh, in some countries they're amazingly uh, almost ignorant to what goes on. They'll okay. stand in people's way, and and it's just because they're not used to it. And look, the, the same thing that I did and every other photographer on their first race, it's just full on, and you've, you're not thinking about what Yeah, you normally would be thinking about if you've done 30, 50, 100 races.
0: So they just don't know the etiquette yet.
1: Etiquette, that's it. Uh, They'll stand in people's way. They'll jump up when they shouldn't. And look, we're all guilty of it. And I always apologize when I do it, and I've done it a number of times. And uh, there are a couple of guys in the past that I've seen have nearly stand-up fights with local photographers, long-termers and Mm. local photographers. Oh, yeah, it's uh, nearly getting to
0: fisticuffs. So being a frequent photographer at F1 races, do people recognise you often?
1: Oh, not yet. I've had a few because i got my name on my shirt. Hmm. and Yeah, it's always nice when someone says, oh, I follow you, or, I found your images and uh, I like them. But, um, yeah, there are a couple like Mark Sutton has fans. Uh, Darren Heath would have fans. Vladimir Reese, they've mm-hmm. got large social media profiles. Carlo from uh, Ferrari would have fans as well. And... Uh, they recognise, and I know that in Japan, Mark Sutton often signs autographs <laughs> uh, because he's so well known and his images have stood the test of time. So
0: you mentioned some of the other photographers around F1. Who, who would you say are the best F1 photographers?
1: Oh, it's... Um See a lot of the stuff I don't see I see these guys walking around But I never see their images Because they don't put them on social media But they supply them to whatever teams But I I like Clive Mason I like Mark Thompson's stuff Andy Hone is excellent Uh, Russian photographer Evgeny Savronov, Exceptional Uh, Funny guy too yeah, those stand out. Vladimir Rees. Did I say Vladimir? No. Very, very talented. Very rich-looking images. Lots okay. of colour and saturation in them. Shoots uh, with, uh, I think, for Red Bull and for himself. But, uh, yeah, look, the, the, I often see stuff from people I don't even know. I think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and get that photo. That looks great. <laughs> How many photographers would you say there are at these events? I'm guessing... Just over 100 photographers would be accredited at any race, of which I think probably 60-odd are permanents. In other words, they have a permanent badge. Mm -hmm. They may not go to every race. And I think in 2017, when I did every single race, I reckon there were only 29 others that did that. So I was one of 30 around that mark to have travelled to every single F1 event on the calendar. And uh, it's a lot of travel. It's uh, expensive exercise, both uh, mentally and physically and financially. <laughs> but uh, what, what an amazing experience. Yeah. And for those who want to
0: you know, get into that experience, those who are listening and wanting to get into the business, how, how do they?
1: They often say it's uh, easier to get a drive than it is to become an F1 photographer. Okay. It's, it's certainly tricky, and I, and I don't know. If you wanted to get a job in F1, I'm not sure there are that many about, and mm. I think you'd probably have to start off in the lower ranks and work your way up and become good at that and then know someone. I think you've got to know someone. I'm not sure that I've heard of a job popping up in a um, on a website saying, yes, permanent photographer required, apply mm. here. I think it's just being in the right place at the right time, or you go out and find yourself some clients and... Um, have an outlet for your work, perhaps that's another way to go. Or you're working for a newspaper and um, they get you accredited and then you get to know people inside the organisation and you work it in that respect. But there is no do this and you get that. It's just not that sort of thing. It's just doing the work and contacting the people. And being lucky, I think. Okay. I think you've got to have a certain amount of luck and be likeable and be known, stand out.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week for another episode. It's a deal. To see any of the photos we've talked about today, head over to ProStarPix.com or KimElman.com. You can also stay updated by following Kim on Instagram at Ilman. If you like what you heard today, please give us a review and remember to hit subscribe to stay posted for our next episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on and off the track. F1 on and off the track was presented by ProStarPix.com. Stunning F1 photos live from the track, searchable and downloadable for personal or editorial use. ProStarPicks.com. Head there now.